You're listening to the All Things Good Sports Podcast, a product of All Things Good Company. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the All Things Good Sports Podcast. This is Jeff. This is Rico. And we are joined by a special guest today. This is Deshaun Stevens. He is a linebacker for the University of Maine. How's it going, Deshaun? I'm good, you guys. How are y'all doing this afternoon? Awesome. So a quick background about him. He's named second team all-conference for the University of Maine team. They are in the FCS. There's the Maine Division One college football is the FBS, and then there's the FCS as well. Many great players have come to the NFL from that league. And last season, they went to the semifinal game and were one game away from the championship. And that was the record for the farthest that UMaine has gone in the playoffs. So they got a lot of buzz last year and everybody was really getting behind the team. And it was really excited and we're excited for the future. We'll start, Deshaun, by talking about your life growing up. So you were born in Canada. Did you grow up in Canada as well? Yeah, I spent all 17 years in Toronto. Oh, I'm from Canada before it actually um, started from the school in the U.S. Okay. Growing up in Canada, what is the culture for football in Canada? Is there as much buzz about the NFL as there is around here? Is the CFL a, a conversation topic all the time? We don't really know. Um, growing up back home, well, definitely growing up playing football for those kids who did. It wasn't necessarily as big or as popular as saying somewhere like hockey or soccer would have been to other kids because being in a city of Toronto is very diverse and very multicultural. So you have a variety of kids and stuff who choose different sports to play. But those who are particularly focused on football, like myself, you always pay attention to the NFL football, all this kind of stuff, because it's, it's always on TV too. Big game drawers on TV. So we're just watching that, and that's basically in your face too. And then growing up, you always know the CFOs there too, like right in the backyard. So you always have games to go to. Like growing up, I've watched some, a few games myself, the Toronto Argonauts play, because it's right there. Or one time I helped up with the Great Cup Championship, which is the CFO Championship. So basically, you're, you're embracing that kind of culture around you and that atmosphere growing up, and that's basically what I was introduced to. Awesome, man. That's pretty interesting. So when you were seven, you said you stayed there until 17, then you ended up coming to the United States and going to Kent School in Connecticut? Yeah, I spent my first three years at um, Don Bosco Secondary School, going to Toronto. Not the one in Jersey, of course, but work group, um, work came from is basically my home. My identity was basically being there. It was kind of like tradition to the school I went to because my mother had gone there. My brother was there at the time when I first started going there. He was there my first year and I had a bunch of cousins who were there at the school too. So basically I felt right at home at that school and just the environment and the people around me. It basically felt like family all around the people I identified with and that kind of thing. And wow. just one of the experiences I never trade back or one of the experiences I still go back to the day and always think about, wow, how truly special it was. Once being there, it was actually my um, how you say it, my sophomore year at, at Don Bosco where the idea of going to boarding school in the States came up. But I wasn't ready for, um, to make that transition yet because I still had some family matters back home that um, weren't dealt with. But I'd say after my junior season is when I felt comfortable. My mother and I felt comfortable and people around me encouraged me and telling me that I should go and make this change and try to see if I could do it out there because it had the most confidence that I could still do it. So that's when I made a switch or made the change to go to Kent School. I went to visit. I met with a few other schools, two other boarding schools from the States. 
and ended up going to Kent because it was familiar, it was close to home. And um, overall, I just like the atmosphere around there too. So it really connected and clicked with me. I went there. And being there is a good experience. It definitely helped me grow up a lot. Being, I say, removed, like being away from home so early, and especially being somewhere in another country that you know, you're not used to, the kind of culture, that kind of different change. It was a, a quick adjustment for me at first, you know, not having mom at home, or not having someone being on your case all the time, or basically you're being responsible and accountable for your own actions. But at the same mm-hmm. time, that's really something that you could really take forth and really grow and develop from. And that's basically what I did. Um, each year I was there, people around me, just different people, different, different people from different backgrounds, different cultures that you don't see every day. It was kind of new to me, but also the experience I actually enjoyed as well, because you see what else is out there, not just what I wanted to used to. Yeah, that's cool. that's interesting. We saw online that you were involved with the Canadian national team at one point. At, oh, at yeah. what age was that? I've been to I went to Team Canada a few times. I think two or three, if I remember. It was definitely U eighteen U eighteen team. We went to Texas and played against the Team USA. And another time too, we actually traveled to China to play in some World Championship, which was fun. That seems pretty cool. Yeah, it was definitely another cool experience. Like. I didn't expect much, but I just trained that going to travel to China, playing some football tournament was pretty fun to me because you never know yeah. like when you ever really think about travel to China. Oh yeah, sure. Exactly, of all things to play, you know, play the sport you love. So, at what point did you start getting recruited by colleges? When I came to the states, I was really my after my first year at camp. The summers when I started doing camps. Oh. Probably got to say around the process of doing this plan to the camp lifestyle, meeting people kind of late, especially, you know, getting myself out there. But still experiencing, experiencing the less that I would take back. Um, there's some good times that they're definitely the first camp I went to was at Rutgers. And I actually went there with my roommate, my teammate too, Nelson Thomas, who currently plays at UNH. We both went to camp together and then we actually got to go against each other one-on-ones. So it's actually pretty, it's pretty special and kind of funny too. Uh, let's see, I was at the Rutgers camp. That same camp was when I actually got my offer to go to Michigan. Oh, okay. I actually remember it. Yeah, I remember it at the back of my hand because we, we got there late, my coach and my roommate Nelson, and then we put her in some, the field with her, the linebackers were doing the drills. And then I stopped by, I seen some coach, and I asked him if I was fine to find the, the, the coach I spoke to from Rutgers. And then he pointed me in the direction, and I went over there to do my drills, case may have been. And by the time we were done, I'm walking out the field to go back to the stadium. And then that same coach who stopped me is the same one. It was actually Coach Harishimi at Coach H. He was the one that sent me out there. I spoke to him. And he's the one that actually offered my, I'll give my offer right there and then. Wow. That's interesting. Wow. Did you end up getting actually offers from other colleges that you had to choose between? Or was it just UMaine? No, just UMaine. UMaine was my one and only offer. Very grateful and happy this day that they actually got one. Well, it's worked out quite well so far. Yeah, most definitely. So two more eligible years? Yes, I have next season and the season after that. That's awesome. awesome. Defensive um, side of the ball up at UMaine, we we're kind of wondering. Uh, well, actually, we we just saw that the obviously the head coach got a new job, but also your uh, defensive coordinator is also leaving. So you guys gonna have a new defensive coordinator? Yes, we are. Yeah, we actually promoted our, 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 my own coach, actually, Coach Ryan. Um, Ryan coach he coaches us line down the backers, 
and he got promoted now. I think he's doing a great job so far already. Um, I have the most confidence in him. Teach, he knows the whole defense, same way Coach H or my other DC used to know it. So um, I have no worries or doubts in him for how he's going to lead us going forward. So do you expect the defensive scheme to stay very similar with a, a higher within the team? Um, yeah, we're going to keep the same philosophy and keep the same approach to it. Um, I'm sure we're going to find ways to add new things or try to you know, develop and improve from where we were before. And I just feel that is definitely the um, expectation going forward for next season. Okay. Okay, yeah, I don't want to send the, don't, don't want to send anything too technical at you, but on the defensive side of the ball, we were wondering, I don't know how much in, in high school differs from the collegiate level, but are you better playing in the 4-3 or 3-4, and how's that been working out at UMaine? I've been in a 4-3 system most of my life. You can definitely see the difference from high school to college. It's a yeah. completely different world out there, basically. In high school, you may not be asked to do much where you're given a call, like a simple defensive call, and you just play that call no matter what the offense throws at you. And, you know, you just let it rock, and <clears throat> you'll be able to make plays based on, like, you know, you see where the ball goes or so forth. You can just do those kind of things. But here in college, it's a different world where not only were you to process, we're not only be given a call, but you got to process what's happening around with you. Playing the mic, you know, mic position, you got to know the call, you got to know any adjustments. You got to see information that are in front of you, any shifts, that kind of thing, and be able to make adjustments so that the defense is prepared at all times. You got a job to do basically in defense, and just because you necessarily want to make a play at that time or you might not make a tackle that play doesn't mean you're still not doing your job. We're doing what needs to be done in order for the team to be successful, kind of deal. You don't necessarily right. see that there's an advantage of one of the formations of 3 4 4 3. It's just what it is, what it is, and it depends on the personnel the team has. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're, you're in defense basically based on the people, like the style you want to play, based on the players you have. But at the end of the day, I feel like you need to be, if you're out there, you need to know what you're doing out there. Basically, you're, you're, doing, you're there to do your job. You're out there because you're trusted, and the coaches believe that you can do that job out there for that position and that situation. So I feel like whichever system you're in, it really depends on the players and the people around you. Like, if you really connect and know what you're doing out there, it's really start to show the kind of, it's really show your true abilities. And you guys, in addition to your own successes here, you had Sterling Sheffield and you had other linebackers and a lot of the defense had a lot of success this year. How much does your trust and your dependence on everybody else around you on the field, all your teammates, how important is that? It's the most important thing in the world. There's a little man defense out there and each person out there is just as viable as the next person. I can't do nothing out there if it's not for my D lineman, each and single one of those guys, all four of those guys out there. If it's not for one of them or one of taking the blocks from the line or the double teams or doing all that dirty work in the trenches, I can't do nothing. I wouldn't need to make no tackles. I wouldn't need to read nothing. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't need to be out there without those guys. And if it for my DVs who were down the back who are just as intelligent as me or if not smarter, they see those guys know what they're doing behind me and they hold it down. People like Manny, Callie, just for example, or Jordan, mm-hmm. other corners out there, or who else my team. Basically, all the corners you have, all the safeties you have, um, Scoop, Jeff Devon, Darius Hart, Eric Robertson, who else Rich Carr I'm thinking of. Basically, the entire defense out there. Just the name of a few guys. I mean, every guy out there matters. Every single guy out there, I trust them because they're my brothers and I know they're going to do their best out there. That's, That's good awesome. to hear from you. And we like to always recognize, like you said, the guys in the trenches almost get no credit from casual football fans. I mean, people watch the ball. They see what the receivers do. They see what the running backs, the quarterbacks do. They see a cornerback when they make an interception and a, a linebacker when you get the sack. And then some of the most important players in football are the guys that you don't notice. So it's good to yeah. see that everybody on the field 
really respects it, one another and and really appreciates what everybody does. Yeah, I think cool. I have, like definitely I think we have one of the best D lines just along the country. The numbers speak for themselves and how how much have they developed since they've been here themselves. Like I've seen it, all of us seen it too. Charles Mitchell, Keon Whitaker, Alejandro Oregon, Jamel Wiley, Andrew Stevens, Skylar Bowman, and then some more examples. Who else am I missing? I can't think of it right now, but basically the entire guys. Like those guys, since they've been here, since I've been here, the way they developed and all that they've done and what they put on their play and be able to succeed now, it's just a testament to like how much they've grown, how much this team has grown since then. That's awesome, man. It sounds like a great family and a great bond, and you guys feed off each other's success, and it just makes you guys want to work harder. Of course. So we, uh, we've we been to a few games ourselves in UMaine, but we are just wondering on the field how it feels. How's the, how's the UMaine home game feel? Is the, the energy good and the attendance feel good and fan base seem pretty good at UMaine? Home games? Home games are the best thing in the world, to be honest with you. Especially the, speaking to this past season, uh, the nine games we traveled on, going away and playing in other people's houses and like a cool experience. And like when you die, some you don't really truly savor or truly get experience a lot, but being at home in front of the crowd or in front of your, basically the people, you know, you worked in on your own field where you've been working all year on is nothing better than that. Coming out there and knowing we have this fan support of not only the students, but all the parents and families that have been there to come along and watch and cheering us on is truly special. Like even our first game at home, UNH, that was before school even started to, there wasn't really a lot of students there or not, but still the amount of people that turned up and the amount of support and cheering and love they showed us during the game was months, like truly special. And that just speaks to um, even the home playoff game, too, as another example. The home playoff game against Jacksonville State. We didn't know what to expect because it was our first home game in a while, but people that, well, like, the turnout we had and the vibe we had throughout the entire game, which is basically what first of, you know, performing the way we did that game, too. Yeah, it's, it's good to hear. It's a great atmosphere. Whenever we've gone, the crowd's always packed at UMaine, and everybody really loves going to see UMaine football games. It's a big tradition for not only the students there, but the alumni as well. And I'm sure that'll only get even bigger crowds now that you guys had this much success this past season. Definitely hope so. I definitely believe it too, though. So last season, let's just go over some of your accomplishments. You got 120 tackles, nine sacks, 17 tackles for loss, and you were named to second team all-conference. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of UMaine players that were named to all-conference teams. So it was good to see that the team getting recognized. And then when the playoffs came around, you guys had a good enough regular season that you had the first round bye. Then you had the matchup against Jacksonville State, and you were able to win that game pretty handily. And then you uh, went on and you guys were the number seven seed and you played Weaver State number two seed and you guys were able to win that game. That was on ESPN too. That was a pretty cool game to watch. I was tuning in for that one. And then uh, unfortunately you moved on to the next round and, and lost to Eastern Washington. It was another nationally televised game and Eastern Washington went on to lose to North Dakota State, who has produced a lot of great football players in recent years. So this was the, the record longest run in UMaine history. What does it mean to you to be a part of that run? It's truly an honor and a blessing at the same time. Concerning where we were at the game this year, or even before the season had started in the summer training, we lost our teammate Darius Minor. We didn't know what to expect. And I just want to give a shout out to him and his family again. Just tell him um, how grateful and thankful we are that we always have their backs and just the support and love the Rosen half those guys. But just where we were at the beginning of the season and going forward, we didn't know what to expect. 
we had high expectations for a refill and we were going to be successful, but I don't think most of us envision us going that far, basically. And that's just the beauty of the economic, like the factor that's really just going out about it. Because even though we didn't think I had that, we would do all like that. It's just a testament to saying, like, what we can do, how much better we can still improve. Even though they're pretty well known seeing those, play up, those two playoff games, um, Eastern Washington was another eye opener to show, like, how much further we still need to go before we can actually, you know, even like in the contention, like in the non-contention for the championship game. And that basically what motivates us to speak with like people around us, both like offensively and defensively, the whole team, the coach staff. It just makes us, you know, want to work harder, learn more from our mistakes and just keep improving and just be able to make that hurdle tougher and looking forward to next season. Yeah, I'm sure having that taste being so close to a championship makes you even want it even more. So one thing we were wondering is you had these couple of big playoff games on ESPN2 on national television. When you're out on the field in these games, are you so focused on the game that you don't even think about that? And by the time you don't even realize it doesn't really sink in until after the season is over? Yeah, I'll definitely say that having those national televised games are pretty amazing. Just speaking of myself, because I have people back home in Canada who are able to watch my games on ESPN, mm-hmm. which is like, something that never happens to or just in general too because our games aren't nationally televised so basically everyone the whole team had people from had their families or friends from all over the country both other teammates who are Canadians who I know of and other Americans too from all over the country basically having their own fans and all their own family tune into that which is special but being on the field you don't really notice that kind of thing like I'd say the only time we actually thought about it or even like acknowledged it was the first time we had the home game to get uh, against Jacksonville State that's where we notice the the cameras and the banners. That's where you see it. Like, wow, this, you guys are really here. And I'll set up to actually, you know, play, watch us play a national televised game. But, like, on the field, that's like a second thought. You don't really, mm-hmm. you even notice the cameras. You're just locked in because you're playing a playoff atmosphere. You're playing a playoff game in that atmosphere. It's like none other. So it requires you to be locked in and focus as much as possible. And I'd say the only time you've ever noticed that um, the cameras are actually there is probably when they have their own TV timeouts. <laughs> That's the only time you really actually like, okay, the TVs are here. But, like, you know, you're just going to the game. Like, you want us to hurry up and pass by so you can get right back into it. Yeah, when you have the realization that, wait, we're stopping for commercials? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. So, we kind of looked into one of your big highlights, and we saw you returned to a fumble 50 yards against Western Kentucky early in the season. You guys went on to beat them and uh, kind of set the tone for the season. Did you have any other moments that kind of stuck out for you? Um, personally, we were like, wow, this, this is this is a really this is a really high point right now in my career so far, and success and this means a lot to me. Out of the whole run last year, or just your experience in college at the collegiate level so far in general. Um, well, the first one, um, any of the moments of the season, um, I'd say each game brought a different experience. They brought another like lesson, basically being fourth or experience I can hold on to, basically just being out there with the black holes. You know, each player being made by the players or myself. Um, it reached really by another moment to really take the lead and cherish the kind of like, to cherish the kind of thing we have going on around us. I have nothing particularly in my mind that sticks out other than the fact that each game, like I said, had a moment where I'm like, okay, this is something special or this is something nice I can think of. Whether it be made by me or by one of my teammates is what I really enjoyed about it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, my whole, college, my whole college experience as a whole has been something special, definitely, no doubt. I couldn't tell you when I first started playing this that I would have thought I'm playing Division One football and NCAA in a different country to begin with for some school program. It was definitely a dream. Like I remember growing up, I definitely had like NCAA football, like 09 for PS2 playing that. 
this is my first experience like football, like real football. Well, not real, but football, basically anything like that. And to know that I'm actually achieving that, something special. Well, I definitely say the process to this point has been something to truly learn from and really uh, take away from. Till that the kind of hard work, the kind of effort, the kind of dedication, commitment you need to put into the game to kind of make yourself to make yourself improve, to make yourself a better player, better teammate, and so forth. Has been something unique. The people around me as well have taught me a lot. They could be my coaches, my teammates, or even the the trainers or the people in the in the field I was building who I needed to talk to every single day. They brought something new to me. Being outside the environment, being around here in Oriole, Maine, the people around here, the people you, you talk to, the people you meet. It definitely taught me new lessons again and made me really grow up as a person or grow up as a young man in this world. That's awesome, man. Wow. Just on a note to everyone listening in the FCS League, other famous athletes that have went to the NFL, we have Carson Wentz, Cooper Cup, Jimmy Garoppolo, Joe Flacco, Dave Johnson, Tariq Cohen, and many more can be listed off. Those are just a couple of names of this league. It's a very competitive league, and there's a lot of success that comes out of this league and on to the next level. Yeah, most definitely. There's a lot of talent in this league, I'll be without a doubt. Those, people, those names you just listed are basically popular names or big Harvard names in the league now, especially. I still feel like there's still like a whole bunch, like a whole bunch of talent still being out there in this conference in this league to still go out there and show what they're capable of. I feel there's like a true testament to even our own team at Maine. Since I've been there, even before that, there have been people that have been sent to the league for my team. And in the past three years, we've had at least one player go into the NFL. I remember first year, or right before I got here, it was for Bates. Year after that, it was Patrick Ricard. And then year after that, or just past year, or yeah, this past year was Jamil Denby. And Jamil, De- yep. Jamil was in the, in the Super Bowl basically right there, which is crazy to believe because yep. not even a year ago, we were playing right down right there practicing with him. Yeah, we basically. did see that Jamil was on the Super Bowl roster for the Rams, and that must have been an amazing experience. I'm sure you guys were communicating with him throughout that whole thing. Definitely. That's a big bro. And big bro basically taught us a lot, basically being a mentor, just being around him, learning from him how he prepared, how he went out and did all his business and carried himself. So it's truly like a humble and truly like happy and enjoyable moment to see him out there living his dream and doing that kind of thing. And even this year, I believe Stan Sheffield will be in the NFL too. If he gets drafted, so I believe he's going to be in there too, making plays and doing his thing. And that's awesome. You I mean you do have, although there may be some people that have run out of eligibility and maybe some people going to the NFL, you do have most of the key players should be returning next year, right? Yeah, I think we have 17 or 22 stars coming back, something like that. So basically, the core is still there. The people from last season are still here next year. I'd say the biggest thing for us going forward is how we develop and how we learn from last year. We've already seen ways the things that we're capable of doing on our side of the ball, the way we played, but there's still so much left out there that we can still improve and be better upon. Just watching the film and looking back at certain things, there are things out there that are still unpolished or things that weren't done correctly. And I'd say that's just the biggest thing going forward is how we become more disciplined and how we focus more attention to detail and apply that in the field. And I just feel like that's the biggest thing that's going to make us improve going forward from where we were before last year to where we're going another step next year. So the offseason been going well so far for you guys? Definitely, yeah. Um, right now we're just doing our winter workouts, and it's going, going pretty good right now. Actually. Just the atmosphere and the kind of bond of building with, um, with uh, I say, the richer freshmen that were already richer before, and now they're into yep. the, the real lifting. 
in a real program now to get into the real bulk of things and seeing how we truly operate and seeing how the kind of hard work and dedication we put in the off season to go out there and show the kind of results we had this past season. And that's just uh, another thing we want to pay attention to going forward in this program uh, is how do we raise the level for our young guys? How do we show that this wasn't just a one-year kind of thing, kind of deal, or that we're trying to build a real actual identity here at this school? You come here, you work hard, and you know what needs to be done. You pay attention to the details to why you're upperclassmen, and you carry that forward. And that's just the kind of identity we've been trying to build here now. And I feel like those guys are really taking true to it. They're seeing how we do things and how things are expected to be done. And they're really picking up on that kind of thing. So that's also like really good to see and really encouraging. And I know most of these guys are really eager to come out or really eager and excited to come out to spring ball, which will be next month, to uh, come and show what they've been, you know, what they can do now. Because it'll be their chance to go out there and compete and try to show that they can play out there or be on the field next year too. That's fantastic. I didn't know that everybody got together that early in the year, but I'm sure it's really important this time of the year to build chemistry and everybody that's new to the team just kind of get to learn the system and learn their role. Like you said, learn their role in the defense, learn their role in the offense and start to to build the family camaraderie and, and learn the training practices. Just in there too, like on the field, in the weight room and off the field too. You got you to gotta spend your time too watching the film and learning the stuff. Even though you weren't this, even though you were initially out there making those plays, or even the field, it's still important. You go back to the film and learn from your other guys, the old guys, and learn from that kind of mistakes and learn how to be better than us, kind of deal. Because the same day, once you learn and we correct our mistakes, how we both end up becoming better players. Yeah, when you're watching film, a lot of that is is your own games and watching what you do, what you could have done better, what the good things that you did were. How much film do you watch on? some of the bigger opponents that you had in the playoffs and in your conference, and then how much on your own or even with the team do you watch NFL teams to see good things that they have done? We watch a lot of film, definitely a lot. Maybe during the week or during, even when we're in the hotels on away games or the night before, we pay attention. We try to watch as much film as we possibly can to be prepared. I'd say myself, I watch a good, I was watching a lot of film as much as I can, whether it be with the coaches or by myself, um, I was trying to make sure that every offseason I remember my coaches watching the film away from my previous mistakes or we put on some NFL film and we watch different teams play and see how they do things and just learn from that. And that's something I do in my own time. I just try to go back and see other things that, okay, things I can fix upon, look at the smallest things or how to improve this. Even though this may have been good, how can I make it even better? That kind of ideal. Very well. We really love to have this opportunity to get to know you a little bit and look forward to the next season. And we appreciate you coming on the show and we will be sure to follow you means path next year. And, and uh, Rico, you have anything to add? Yeah, man, it's uh, it's really impressive and it's really a lot of pride involved. It's awesome to hear how good the program's going as you mean alumni as Jeff and I are. And it's awesome to hear you're having a great experience, man. And we want you to continue the journey. We want to keep following you. And it's just awesome. This is, I mean, this is really big for Maine, and this is just really great experience in general. And, we hope you're able to take it to the next level and we'll continue to follow you on this path. Appreciate it, man. Thank you all for having me again. Um, truly honored, truly humbled to be on this experience. I appreciate y'all for the love and support y'all showing and hopefully I get to hear from y'all soon and hear back from you guys. Man. Oh, absolutely. We'll be in touch. Thanks again. Uh, this has been the All Things Good Sports Podcast. This is Jeff. This is Rico. And thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys soon.